January 4th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative will come from the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 12 through 25. We'll be reading about the Master. Having defeated the strong man, Jesus now invaded his house and began to spoil his goods. He both obeyed the word and preached it, calling men to become his disciples. Everyone must decide whether to follow Christ or make bargains with the devil. What is your decision? We'll read about the healer. Our Lord's main ministry was teaching and preaching, but His compassion moved Him to minister to the physical needs of the people. How tragic that most of the people who followed Him wanted His services, but not His salvation. The gifts, but not the giver. And these people, of course, are with us today in droves. Now, the Sermon on the Mount was our Lord's ordination sermon for His apostles. The theme is God's righteousness as contrasted with the hypocritical righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. The sermon is not a second law with new commandments. No, it goes much deeper than the law because it deals with internal attitudes as well as outward actions. It presents a picture of the truly righteous person and shows the spiritual principles that control his or her life. Jesus opened the sermon with a description of the truly righteous person. Then he defined what sin is and what real righteousness is in the areas of worship and wealth. He concludes with warnings against making hypocritical judgments, following false prophets, and failing to obey God's will. You are not saved by trying to obey the Sermon on the Mount any more than you're saved by trying to keep the Ten Commandments. Because they involve inner attitudes, the demands of the Sermon on the Mount are much more difficult than those found in the Law of Moses. Only the true believer in Jesus Christ can put the Sermon on the Mount into practice. And now, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. January 4th, Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 25. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. But instead of going to Nazareth, he went to Capernaum beside the Sea of Galilee in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy. In the land of Zebulun and of Naphtali, beside the sea beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee, where so many Gentiles live. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. From then on, Jesus began to preach, Turn from your sins and turn to God, because the kingdom of heaven is near. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, fishing with a net, for they were commercial fishermen. Jesus called out to them, Come, be my disciples, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and went with him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. 
and he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Jesus traveled throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching everywhere the good news about the kingdom, and he healed people who had every kind of sickness and disease. News about him spread far beyond the borders of Galilee, so that the sick were soon coming to be healed from as far away as Syria. And whatever their illness and pain, or if they were possessed by demons, or were epileptics, or were paralyzed, he healed them all. Large crowds followed him wherever he went. People from Galilee, the ten towns, Jerusalem, from all over Judea, and from east of the Jordan River. What shall it profit a man, Jesus said, if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Suppose he had all the knowledge and all the wealth and all the power in the whole world today and lost your soul. You see, the whole country's on a quest for something. In drugs, in sex, in entertainment, we, we want something. We don't quite know what it is. And it's elusive. We don't find it. We go on in our pleasures, thinking they're going to last forever. But they don't. Solomon was the great king of Israel, the son of David. His income was staggered. Nobody that ever lived in history could compare with Solomon in financial worth. Anything he could dream of, he had it. You know how many wives he had? 700. But that didn't satisfy. He had 300 concubines. Every pleasure at his beck and call. He thought it would bring the peace that he longed for. And then he said, I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought and on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity. It was a bubble that burst. It didn't satisfy. Something beyond it satisfies. What is it? What is it? Deep in your heart, something is missing. You don't know what it is. The thing that's missing is that personal relationship with Christ. You see, sin is a disease that's destructive. And we all have it. The Bible says all have sinned. What can we do about it? Come to the cross. Let Christ forgive your sins. Change your life. Turn you in a new direction. And give you a new mind. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the embodiment of all truth. And I can set you free. Free from your anxieties. Free from your troubles and problems. We need to repent and turn by faith to Jesus Christ. What is repentance? It means that you change your way of thinking, you change your way of living. It means that you're willing to turn over your life to Christ, turn over your life to God and say, Oh God, I need you, I receive you. And then by faith you receive Christ. Christ.